Welcome back to Insecurity for episode 29A. The A stands for amazing. I mean, addendum. We're throwing this one out there as an emergency episode for information about the new shell shock vulnerability. For information, prevention tools, and more, visit our website. You can get the show notes at in-security.org slash EP029A. We're also putting out information on this on the Twitter at Insecurity Show. And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or better tools or other tools that we can add on, please fire off an email to feedback at in-security.org. My name is Matt. And my name is Max. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey, what's going on? How's, uh, how's packing going? Oh my glob, I am packing so many things. Yeah? I'm in the throes of packing to move to a new apartment. You are, and here I am saying that we need to record something on this silly, silly thing going around right now called Shell Shock. Shell Shock. So, sorry to dig you out of packing... Um, I know you're having so much fun putting stuff in boxes. I don't even know why we're lying. We were literally just playing video games up until like a few minutes ago. That's true. I mean, um, I was procrastinating from packing. Now I'm now I'm doing something productive. Sure, sure. Keep telling yourself that. So, true. Um, yeah, you're packing. You are busy packing, which is why you're not on your beautiful microphone and I am on mine. So we'll have to make do because we got to get this show out in a timely manner. So I appreciate you taking the time away and us getting on with this. I'm going to try and sound like I'm on my regular microphone. Hello. I don't actually know what I sound like on the other microphone. So I'm going to talk like this. That was it. That was my whole shtick. That was my bit. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so I think you've seen the news. You've seen about this shell shock thing. No, what is shell shock? What are we talking about? Okay, so there's a, a problem much like Heartbleed, potentially more impactful than Heartbleed, called shell shock. And somebody discovered that on the bash shell or the born again shell, you can execute commands arbitrarily. Um, so let's take a step back. And we've just put out, wink, wink, a podcast on Unix hardening and Unix security. So this is actually really nice merger with that episode. Let's define what a shell is. So you have the operating system. The operating system, a Unix operating system starts up and it's just a kernel, right? And you need an interface to that kernel. So you need to be able to have a user interface uh, and since everything in Unix is a file, the most basic one you can have is a command line interface where you type on your keyboard, you see it pop up on the screen, and you can do simple things with it. You can list file contents, you can make directories, you can um, touch files, you can see what the system resources are on, but it's all in a text space. Cool? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what is allowing you to type in much like a command prompt on Windows systems or DOS systems in the past, is a shell. It's like a program that's running that facilitates you entering in commands. So there's some things that are universal across any shell that you choose to run. And those are things like change directory, list file contents, things like that. But you can choose different shells that give you different controls, more elaborate controls. So now when you start typing something 
uh, you start typing a command and you hit the tab, suddenly, if you're in the born again shell or bash, that'll autocomplete what you were typing, right? That's an option within bash. You can have it display directories in a different color than files if you want. You can actually do some rudimentary programming through these shells as well, where you can make decisions within it with if statements, else, then. Uh, you can have calculations occur within the shell itself. And it's not like you're writing these distinct programs to actually do these calculations and to change the colors for things. It's already handled for you automatically. So that's a shell. And you can have things automatically kick off on the shell. So you can say, I'm going to personalize my shell. I'm going to put certain environment variables in there so that whenever I execute uh, my shell, it's set to my preferences, right? I can have programs automatically start on my behalf. I can um, set the colors to what I want them to be for different directories. You know, I can have shortcuts programmed in. So I just type go and there's a variable that says, okay, that means launch these three activities one after another. So it's very powerful. It's very flexible, but it's all command line. There's no GUI, right? You can have the shell invoke the GUI. It can start X windows on your behalf and or, you know, GNOME or whatever splash around X windows you want to have. But anyways, it's capable of doing a lot of things for you. It is your interface to the computer at the most rudimentary level. Typically, shells are stored within the slash bin directory for binaries like we discussed last time. But like we discussed last time as well, everything's just a file, right? There's no great big scheme around it. So I can have a bash shell or a corn shell or a C shell executing from the slash bin. But an application might have a reliance on bash shell as well in the background and it might be in its own different directory it might be packaged up with the application right there's no universal way of seeing what's installed there are package managers which will install it in a facilitated way but like i'm saying other things can get bound in it can be in a different directory and still there and you might not be aware that it's there right okay so this vulnerability is the worst kind of vulnerability It is the worst kind of vulnerability because it is trivial to exploit. It is trivial to exploit remotely. And you're able to remotely exploit it without authentication in certain scenarios. So basically, you know, doomsday, end of world in certain scenarios. Right. So there's a problem with Bash's way that it handles environment variables. So those things that make it super handy that you can configure and do shortcuts for, those can be leveraged to run a command and just kind of tuck around that by using some special characters. And it's trivial to do. Do an open parentheses, close parentheses, colon, semicolon, and then whatever you want to execute. And that says, okay, do whatever I just said to do and then do this other thing. Ping a computer Uh, run a port scan, download and execute this software. You know, it can be very powerful and it's very easy to do. So there's certain scenarios that have been discovered as of today uh, and yesterday that we know are big baddies. 
right? So one is if there's a program that relies on bash in its background to execute commands, but it is having an anonymous web interface out there that triggers back into that, then you can start executing commands on that computer's behalf without having authenticated to it. Huh. So CGI bin, you know what that is as a web programmer? Yeah. So that's basically a way of scripting and having things execute on the computer through a web interface. So there's a lot of things that are exposed through CGI bin where it can execute on the system and it executes through a bash shell because that's what it's granted under the covers in the background. So now you have the potential for random people on the internet to try to execute things through CGI bin and it'll run as if it's the web server on the computer executing commands. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a big bad one. But not everybody's a web server. Um, Not everybody's running web server. You know, not everything's CGI bin. There's also a vulnerability that's been discovered with SSH, which is the secure shell. So if you have secure shell running, there's a mode for authenticated that will also trigger the bash shell. So you can send commands through almost like the header of a connection string for SSH. But this is much less of a big deal because you have to be authenticated first through SSH to be able to execute this component, right? So it's an escalation of privilege vulnerability at that point, meaning that it will trigger under the context of the SSH daemon, which is usually root, rather than under the context of the user that's authenticated to it. You know, it's still bad, but it's not as bad. Whereas, you know, we host a web server out there. It relies on CGI bin to execute the background commands to start and stop web instances to create a new user account for our WordPress site. You know, you can control and create new email accounts through this. All of this stuff in cPanel, from my understanding, can actually be triggering off bash scripts on the background of the computer, making it do stuff on somebody's behalf, even if they aren't privileged to do so. Right. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So there are embedded devices, and most of them run a very lightweight operating system called Linux, right? And most of Linux comes with Bash. It's like the majority of of it comes with Bash now. So there are problems with web interfaces for things like baby monitoring video cameras, right? Where it's monitoring and it has a web interface that you can control it saying, you know, pan this way, pan that way, display the video to me, whatever, right? And you can inject this shell and now take over something which can't really be patched. So there is a patch available for Bash. And so as a responsible person, you go and you update your systems. But remember, everything's a file. A dependency that you have that's built into another system might not be in the slash bin directory on Unix system. It might not be where it's supposed to be. It might be there and you might have other instances stashed in your slash OPT library that's associated with whatever program you've downloaded and installed. Bash is typically with Linux, but it is not only with Linux. So Macintosh operating system for OS X or OS X also comes with Bash. 
OS X server also comes with bash, right? There are derivative shells that people have created and pivoted from bash, taking all of the code base of bash and creating like a Z shell, I think is one that I heard potentially is also vulnerable to this. So keep on top of your patches, keep on top of the news and try to remediate this wherever you can find it possible. I think that's the advice. So do you know if OS X has released a comparable patch or is it Apple just has released a patch bash overall? So the vulnerability is not with Linux. It's not with Mac. It is with bash, right? right? Much like Heartbleed was not a vulnerability in web servers out there. It was a specific vulnerability within an open SSH library that was associated with, you know, Apache in the most cases. So this is apparently more prevalent of a problem. There are things you can do to protect yourself, to disassociate Bash from running. However, common attack patterns are that someone will fish you and make you run a program. So if you're not immediately exposed to the internet on this, like if you aren't running a web server out there with cPanel or something of the like with CGI running that can get to that backend system, you might think you're safe. Remember, there are other avenues for people to execute commands within your environment. If you have that hard, crunchy shell on the outside of your company, like most companies are, just takes one person to click something malicious on the inside to then attack another system, get through that firewall, and then rotate around to other systems. Right. As of today, Thursday, the 25th of September, to date the episode, There are two known worms out there that are going and compromising systems that are outwardly facing that have this problem. There will be links in the show note to actually go out and do detections yourself. If you already are in a security capacity, maybe working for a security operations group, I will have links in the show note so that you can detect, monitor, alert, block these things from coming across your network to begin with. But so now... Because Windows itself doesn't run and use Bash, but you said that Apple OS X does. The reason that I specifically asked whether Apple had released updates is even though it's with Bash, not necessarily with Apple's OS, because Bash is integrated into Apple's OS, and because you said there may be other things reliant on Bash to break Bash effectively would be pretty problematic for a lot of people. So you said that Apple has released an update? Apple has released an update for their instance of Bash. Okay. Um, you can actually do commands on your Unix systems or have your Unix admins do commands on their systems to find any instance of Bash that's out there. Uh, as long as it's named Bash, it should be pretty easy to do with a find command. <laughs> There's actually ports of Bash to Windows, so... The impact of which is unknown, but there's the potential that it's running there. Uh, There's also Linux variants that run on Windows. There's one that comes to mind called Sigwin. It's very good for people to replicate a Linux-based operating system. But just, you know, everything's changing very fast on this. So as of the time that this produces, I expect there to be more worms in the wild that are affecting this. Bad guys are all over this. The fixes are out there. Limit the impact however you think you can without killing yourself, hopefully, and look for 
the ability to detect it yourself by running some of the tools that are out there. Do the detection mechanism if you're mature enough as an organization that you have some sort of perimeter monitoring and don't fall under the false assumption that just because you have bash shells that aren't internet facing that you don't have to hurry and patch those you absolutely have to hurry and patch wherever you can so let me ask you this as a guy with your finger on the pulse of security today do you think is there to the best of your knowledge any information out there as to when this was discovered was it made public just recently and then they had discovered that they had discovered it because they had found someone had been exploiting it so my understanding of the scenario is that it was made public yesterday okay it was made public by a researcher who had discovered the vulnerability himself and said oh this is a big deal that being said we don't know who's exploited it in the past It wasn't disclosed as a problem in the past that somebody's actually seen malicious exploitation of. It was an independent researcher. Right. How much lead time this researcher has given the GNU, uh, the the GNU's not Unix team, about the problem and had them figure out how to fix the problem? It's not obvious to me. I don't know. And there's nothing in the sensationalized news about him having discovered it from finding records dating back to the 1800s of people having used this exploit. No, what I what I have seen is that um, some curmudgeon Unix fellow has said that uh, they solved this problem like 30 years ago in the corn shell. But, you know, that's just n- neither here nor there. That's unfortunately not the shell that we are issue, uh, that, that has the issue. So Correct. whether it was resolved before becomes moot. Um, right. That's uh, some crazy news. Yeah, that's some interesting news. Um, it's something to keep on top of. It's going to keep transforming. It's a big deal. So potentially before we beat it too far to death, what we will do at this point is we'll put a bunch of news. This can be reached via the show notes at in-security.org slash EP029A, which is an addendum. We're sliding it in between some existing episodes. So you'll be able to pull up uh, a little bit more information from there. And we will also try and have, uh, as Max has so graciously offered, some links for detection tools detection prevention whatever you can get your hands on and whatever links we can find that appear to work instead of just installing the worm for you (laughs) oh it's a good thing all right that's it let's get back to playing games awesome i mean packing you mean packing Packing. yes i mean packing sorry i want to thank you for bringing this to our attention and uh other than that though i want you to try and have yourself a great week thanks buddy i will and as always, it's a pleasure to bring this out to our listening audience. I'll see you online in virtually minutes. Woo-hoo.